Welcome to another episode of Palm Harbor Local. I'm your host, Florida native and real estate ninja, Donnie Hathaway. You know, I started this podcast because I'm extremely passionate about connecting you with the people and the local businesses that make Palm Harbor so special. Palm Harbor, Florida is a great place to call home. It has everything you could dream of, from the food, the outdoors, the lifestyle, to the people in the community. Now, through this podcast and Instagram, I've been able to make some incredible connections, and I want to invite you to come follow me on Instagram. It's at Donnie.Hathaway, where I share all the best places to live, work, and play in beautiful Palm Harbor. And on today's episode, we sit down with Maria and Kendall from Tips to Talk Workshop right here in Clearwater, Florida. I am super excited to sit down with them, um, having a 14-month-old daughter myself, and and you know seeing her go through the process of you know speaking and kind of learning how to speak, learning her words. Um, it's pretty fascinating. So I'm, I'm fascinated with with what they do and to kind of pick their brain and, and learn more about um, about that process. So let's get into it. All right, Maria and Kendall, uh, thank you guys for for joining us today on the podcast. Thanks for having us. Yeah, so I'm excited. So you guys are speech language language pathologists. Um, so I'm excited to kind of learn, you know, more about what you guys do and um, just the the career in, in general. So um, you guys started a a business um, or workshop, Tips to Talk, right? Mm-hmm. So can you just start off by telling us a little bit more uh, about that? Sure. So Tips to Talk Workshop um, is a program for parents of um, younger kids, birth to three, up to kind of five as well. Um, But it equips them with the tools and strategies they need to help build their children's language and communication growth during that time. And uh, hopefully reduce some um, frustration and tantrums and things like that. Yeah, the more your child's able to communicate, the less frustration you're going to see. So we hope it helps with reducing tantrums around those terrible two ages, they mm-hmm. call it. Yeah. <laughs> so communication just helps them like understand like what we're trying to, to talk to them about or, or vice versa. Yeah, so both. So it is yeah. um, understanding language. And then, you know, um, we always say parents are their kids' first teachers. So we're giving them the words they, they need to express themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. So what what made you guys want to, to start doing this? Well, we realized uh, after we worked with lots and lots of kids that oftentimes the parents really don't know how to talk to the children early on and how they can expose them to language and help mm-hmm. them increase their vocabulary. So we felt like the parents, if they had a little more education would be able to help their kids language develop and and meet the milestones that they should be meeting. And if there is a delay, they would be able to identify it early on so they can get early intervention. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And lots, and we also saw like with Kendall's kids and my nephew, that it's easy things that you can implement into your your daily routines, but it's not always something that you would think about, you know, with the ways that you're talking to your children, um, and that there are just little things that you can tweak about how you say things mm-hmm. that help them learn it a little bit easier. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to um, I want to circle back to that on like things that, that parents can do to kind of help their kids. But but um, first, let's talk about like why you guys decided um, to get into this career in the, in the first place. 
Um, I, I was working on my bachelor's and I didn't know what to do. And I just remembered, I, I sat down and crossed off every major that I didn't want to do. And then, um, <laughs> communication disorders, speech, speech therapy, pathology was one of the ones left. And I thought, you know, my brother had speech therapy when he was younger and that lady just played games all day with him. I'm like, that looks like fun. I want to yeah, do that. Yeah. Nice. So he had, um, he had a proxy of speech as a child and that, um, so he had a lot of speech therapy and it was in home and I would always see him just playing Candyland, and I'm like, that looks fun. <laughs> yeah. So that's how I decided to go into it, and I've loved every single second of it. Yeah. So mine was, I kind of stumbled upon it too. I honestly did not know what speech therapy was before I was in college. Like, I just have never, I never heard of it. Yeah. And I was an exploratory major and trying to figure <laughs> out, and you know, they're like, you need to pick a, figure something a major out. <laughs> or something. So I had a friend that suggested it to me, and I looked into it, and I said, oh, this sounds really interesting. And I had to like apply to get in. So I was like, well, if I get in, that's, you know, meant to be. If not, then I'll find something else. And I got in. And as the more I did it, the more I loved it. And I can't, you know, I couldn't be happier that I picked that because I really love it. Yeah. It's such a nice field. You can do, you know, you can work with old people. You can work with children, babies. It's mm-hmm. just such everything a- in between. It's very broad and vast. And if you ever wanted to change things up in your career and work with a different population, you could, Yeah, um, there's a lot of things you can do with it. Right. So it kind of keeps you on your toes. You can always learn, a, learn a different, something new. Yeah. Yes. Always yeah. something to learn. Crazy. So, um, so what is it that you guys love about it so much? I mean, it's, it's, I find it interesting that it's probably not uncommon either that you kind of just fell into it. You know, I'm sure that that happens quite a bit. So what is it that, um, that you enjoy so much about it? Well, I like that you can make such a difference in other people's lives. Like you Uh can help people, especially in a time that might be difficult for them, at least, you know, on the adult side and the children's side, really. Um, But you are really just giving people tools and strategies and things that they can, they can improve their lives on. And it's very fulfilling. It's very fulfilling work. Yes. Sure. And helping parents that are, you know, worried and stressed out about their kids because they might not be talking or they're, they're upset all the time and they're not able to say they're upset and just helping them help their children and then see the progress. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So going back to that communication side of it, just mm-hmm. helping them communicate. Mm-hmm. So, um, what is like the, uh, like the typical like client or is it, is it kind of vary? I mean, obviously with kids, it's, it's one thing. Um, but is it, um, like, how am I, how am I trying to ask this? Um, who is like the, the typical target person? audience? Yeah. The target yeah. audience or the adult that you would work with. Is it because of an accident or something or just, um, something along those lines? So, um, on the child side, um, sometimes if, kids are showing a little bit of a delay if they're not talking as soon as they should or understanding as soon as they should. And um, that's typically the type of kids that we see, or if they're having trouble with their speech sounds. So if they can't produce certain words correctly, uh, we work with that. Um, that's not the only type of thing on the kid's side as well. Right. Um, but then on the adult side, it is typically because of an accident, a stroke, Parkinson's, um, head and neck cancer, things like that. Okay. Gotcha. And you guys have both worked with adults and, and children. Yeah. Together yeah. we have over 20 years of experience with yeah. birth to a hundred, yeah. <laughs> you know, like 95. Yeah. yeah. So we've worked in, with every population. Yeah. Which is nice. Yeah. 
and and so i guess that goes back to like what you were saying before like there's flexibility within the field like you mm-hmm. can do all sorts of stuff yes. now do you have to do you have to kind of specialize in in one versus the other like if you're going to focus on on adults versus kids is it better to um you you tend to do that you kind yeah. of just have your own more, little niche yeah, yeah, yeah. naturally mm-hmm. into it like yeah. you know i've seen kids like that that's not the only types of things that kids come up with that need a speech therapist. And Kendall also specializes in feeding and swallowing disorders with kids oh, okay. too. Okay. But you tend to just more so, you know, depending on what setting you're working in, kind of fall into um, one area that you see mostly. Gotcha. Okay. Um, all right. So let's, let's circle back to, to tip uh, tips to talk and um, kind of what you guys do for the kids and, and parents there. I guess just dive into a little bit more detail um, about that process. Sure. Well, um, just I guess what I'm thinking about starting off is that, you know, parents are around their kids the most often. And it, it goes for parents, babysitters, nannies, mm-hmm. even teachers, um, mm-hmm. things like that, or family members that are around. Um, so they are their teachers. They're, they're what who the kids are learning from as they grow up. And sure. the more language they hear, the better, you know, so we tell parents to kind of um, try to talk through everyday routines. So like when you're changing your baby or toileting or when you're getting their clothes on, talk them through that. Let's put your shirt on. All right, let's put your shoes on. So that's where that child's going to learn all of those vocabulary words. Okay. You know, every day when you put your shoes on and you say, let's put your shoes on, the child's going to think, oh, those are my shoes. Yeah. You know, and eventually after they've heard it several times, they'll say it. They understand At a certain that. age, yes. Yeah. But it takes a long time for a child to hear a word over and over again before they understand it and then eventually will use it. Mm-hmm. Are you a business owner or leader looking to take your company to the next level? Then you need to meet Local Union Consultants. It's owned by Tampa Bay locals Maggie Butler and Brett Hallinger. Their passion is helping successful small businesses and entrepreneurs take the step to the next level. Local Union offers business and finance planning, process efficiency, and general coaching. They helped me build the systems and structure to ignite the growth of my business. To connect with Maggie and Brett, head on over to local-union.com and follow them on Instagram at LocalUnionLLC. And going off of that, um, I think sometimes when we think of talking like you think of just talking like, oh, they'll say their first word around this time. But there's a lot of steps before their first words that build upon that and that they need to achieve before they can actually say their first words. Sure. And those, you know, we know because of our profession, but maybe a lot of people might not know that. And so that's where it kind of comes into play of how you talk to your child and what you say makes a difference before they're even saying their first word. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And so what made you guys want to to start this um, uh, this uh, workshop? We just felt like the more the, you know, as many parents as we could reach, the better. So we yeah. can teach them, you know, when their children are still babies and starting to learn. And mm-hmm. yeah, cause, and, and um, I think a lot of like my sister, when she had her nephew or my nephew and some friends, just I noticed over time, like if I we would just get in conversation about it and talking to their kids and they'd say, oh, I didn't know that. Or, mm-hmm. And they would implement it and they'd say, oh, now they're starting to repeat this more and stuff. And I think between our own personal experiences and then at work with our patients, you know, we see that this is stuff that parents can implement so easily, but they, they just, just don't, don't know. know. Yeah. And the more kids that we can reach, the more parents that we can reach, maybe the less delays there would be. Or, you know, we know in our profession that earlier that you get help for something, 
that someone that needs it, the better their outcomes are. Sure. So we thought that, you know, maybe if we address people, um, earlier on, they can either not have a delay or pick up that delay and get the intervention that they need and help them succeed. Yeah. So really like intervening between uh, before, uh, like anything ever happens, just teaching mm-hmm. the, the like new moms, set. even when they're yeah. pregnant, just yeah. you yeah. Know, educating them when yeah. your baby's born, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Mm-hmm. So what are some, um, what are some tips for, for parents to kind of, you know, get started with their, with their children and, and then like how early do they start uh, working on some of those? So to start, you want to start talking to them right away. So when they're newborns and you're holding them, they are soaking in everything that you are saying. So a big thing is to just talk to them, describe what you're doing, describe what you see. Um, you just want to fill their world with language mm-hmm. um, earlier on. That's a big one. Of And um, also reading to them. Yeah. Reading plays a big role. And you want to read to your newborn, mm-hmm. even though they're not maybe looking at the book. Again, right. it's another way to fill their world with language. Yeah, and just building that into the everyday routine. You know, every night before bed, we're going to read a book. Mm-hmm. And you don't even have to read it word for word. You can just point out the things, you know, when they're yeah. maybe like eight months, pointing out like, oh, yeah. I see the sun. Can you find the sun? And yeah. turn the page. Those are those pre-literacy skills that, you know, they can soak in early, early on. Yeah. yeah. So so just kind of talking through like every scenario that you're mm-hmm. doing with them. Yep. And yeah. describing, um, especially as they get older, you just start you know, giving them the words for things, describing what it looks like, what it does, and then repeating yourself over and over. I think Kendall <laughs> said this earlier, um, kids need to hear a word. I think the research says at least 50 times before they'll even say it. Mm-hmm. So the more exposure they have to a word, um, the more likely they're going to be saying it. And kids learn through repetition anyway. So, sure. you know, they want to read the same book over and over again and hear the same song over and over again. Sure. That's actually good for them because they learn through that repetition. Yeah. yeah. And so at what age should, is there like a, an age where kids should, should start using words or um, trying different things? Yeah. So usually around one, they should be using, you know, um, one word at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, we look for Five to ten words. And then two, they should start to be putting two words together. Three, three years old, three words together. So like three word sentences. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then just increasing from there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's crazy to think like how long that, that process is oh, for them to goodness, learn yeah. like just a few words, right? Uh-huh. Like yeah. two, two, three years. Yeah, it's so fun though when they yeah. start having their little language explosions. And yeah. Start talking. <laughs> yes. So fun. It's yeah. so cute seeing them learn new words. Yeah. And another way too to um I just was thinking to incorporate the languages in the car. So when you're getting your baby in the car, you know, mm-hmm. say, all right, let's get your seatbelt on. We're gonna go to grandma's and telling them like what's gonna happen next. That really helps reduce frustration in kids because sometimes they are they just don't know where they're going or what's happening next. And the more we can kind of warn them and let them know what's happening in their little world, the better. Yeah. Yeah, and then that gives them the language around what's going on mm-hmm. um, so that they understand it more. And not having them on like an iPad in the car right, or right. phone so they're not looking out the window, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know with, with um, I'm sure it's challenging to, to eliminate the, the phones and iPads. <laughs> yeah. I know like, so um, our daughter was, was born in, in February of last year. So, you know, covid shut down right after that everything shut down so we couldn't see family and everything for a little while so we would facetime our family mm-hmm. members right and so now she's you know she's still facetime you know grandma and grandpa and that sort of stuff but um 
but she loves holding the phone. Yeah. You know, and we're like, no, no, no. Oh, yes, they love it once yeah. they get it. And it's so, you know, it's so nice because you can do FaceTime for things yeah, like right, that. Yeah, right, right, right. It's, nice. like, it's yeah. a double-edged type of thing. Yeah, it, exactly. <laughs> so what are some, um, what are some, I guess, some challenges that, that may come up, like, as, as kids are growing and stuff, and, you know, maybe they're not hitting some of those goals, um, you know, at one, two years old? Well, screen time, that's, that's a challenge. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of times these parents will have their kids on, you know, give them the iPad or a phone or even TV, you know. Um, and I tell parents, you know, if your child is looking at a phone or an iPad, they're not talking and they're not listening to a human voice. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a device that they're listening to and they're kind of zoning out. Mm-hmm. Um, so really trying to reduce that is is challenging, you know, especially yeah. since COVID. I know my kids watch way more TV than, than I would like, but yeah. sometimes you just have to do <laughs> what you have to do. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, pacifiers too, um, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. be a kind of a little roadblock for speech sound production. And if they have it in their mouth, they're not talking clearly. Right. You know, some kids yeah. will try to talk through that pacifier and that creates bad habits. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So all of that is just uh, important as they're developing those, those skill mm-hmm. set. At, at what age is like, you know, introducing them to TV or is just TV, the iPad and stuff, just, just not a good, a good time. So the, um, the recommendation is under two, so very limited screen time. Over mm-hmm. two is less than two hours mm-hmm. per day. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's the standard goal. Yeah. And so. we say, like you talked about, especially with COVID and all that kind of yeah. thing, like it's a little tough to not have some screen time. So yeah. we always say just try to reduce it as much as you can. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and, and kind of look for those more of back-to-back interactions with your child rather than the screen time. Sure, sure. That makes sense. And kind of teaching kids to be okay without constant entertainment, yes. you know, yeah. learning how to wait and sit. And, and be patient. Be bored. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> be bored. Yep. Yeah. Lots of good imagination yeah. comes so, from that. So I heard, um, I heard someone, I heard a quote recently or just someone talking about like being bored. And it was, it was saying that like kids nowadays or even adults, like we don't know what bored is like mm-hmm. because we're attached to the device. And if we're bored, we just pull the phone out right. and we have something to do. And that's and, like, that's crazy to think about. Yeah. I've read, I've read something similar to that. Yeah. And I'm like, that is so true. I mean, we it have is. constant input yeah. from anywhere, from our phones, from a radio, from yeah. a TV. That's crazy. It's, yeah. It's almost like you don't know what to do with yourself when you're not being entertained. And all these ideas we're missing out on. Cause you know, we have these great ideas when we're bored and that leads right. to creativity and yeah. like, Oh, I wonder if, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, it's very interesting. I was thinking back to like my childhood and and like growing up, and you know we didn't have a phone then, and and um, you know we were always outside, mm-hmm. you know, and if we were bored, we were trying to see what our friends were doing or make up a game, yeah, kick the can, yeah, <laughs> you know, just anything. Man, it's it's crazy. It's, very it's crazy. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see like how that affects children when they grow up. Mm-hmm. Right. Do you guys foresee like any impacts with, with that or? Oh yeah. Social skills have yeah plummeted. You oh, know, yeah. Eye contact. Sure. Um, even with adults. I mean, if you go to in a restaurant, you see everybody On looking their at their phone. They're yeah, not yeah. talking to each other. Yeah. Yep. Definitely for children. The social skills are lacking. lacking. Yeah. And, and I think that goes hand in hand with communication mm-hmm. because it's that back and forth exchange with another person, not, you know, behind a, device. a screen. Uh-huh. Right. That's another thing too is um, the parents of young babies are looking at their phones a lot more than say our parents were. So, sure. you know, if there's a baby in a stroller looking up at their mom or dad and that's when they learn to 
coo back and forth, but the mom or dad's looking at their phone and the baby isn't getting that input. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of um, opportunities that come up. That are in, missed. Yeah. Yes. That are missed in your every like day to day, just random interactions. Yeah. But they could be building language skills too. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. And then they're seeing the parent that it's on their phone and that's like the, the normal. Model. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Man, crazy. <laughs> it is. Um, so going back to like, you know, getting into this career, what is, what does that take? Obviously there's some schooling involved and you have to get a degree. So I guess kind of outline that. Sure. Um, you have to get your master's degree after that. You usually do a year of supervised work to get your certificate of clinical competencies, you know, C's we call it. Okay. Um, and then typically after that you start working. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, and how long is a master's two years? Yes, two years after your bachelor's. So okay. the yeah. bachelor's four years, master's two years. Yeah. Okay. So not not terrible. Still a, a lot of school. Yeah. Um, not too bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So if if someone uh, is listening and they were thinking about like, or they're you know enjoying like what you guys are saying and what you guys do, like how can they, um, I guess, learn more? Can they can they shadow? Um, what you guys or or just where can they learn more info about about this career? Yeah, they I mean, they can always reach out to us. I mean, we in, really enjoy what we do. So we love talking to other people yeah, about it. Right. Um, but there are times where they can come in shadow and um, just see the day to day in and outs of, you know, speech therapist mm-hmm. talking to other speech therapists that do the same thing in different settings. Sure. Yeah, and they can just message us on our Instagram um, mm-hmm. tips to talk workshop. Tips to talk. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the settings you talked about, so it can be various settings, like in home, hospital settings. It all depends, right? School yes. setting. Yes. Yep. School, so we yeah. yeah we do private practice, so it's in home or it's in the school. Um, we've been doing a little bit of virtual therapy as well, um, but yeah, yeah. they can work in schools, um, daycares, hospitals, skilled nursing facilities, skilled nursing facilities, um, what are we missing? outpatient setting in a outpatient. hospital. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So really anywhere and everywhere. Yeah. yeah. And now online. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So I like to end the, uh, the podcast with, with, with this and it's just, and we kind of talked about it a little bit before, but if you had to pick one, one, uh, favorite local business, uh, here in the area, it could be food, it could be, you know, whatever it is, uh, just somebody you want to highlight doesn't necessarily have to be a favorite. Um, but you each got to pick, pick one. Oh, I need to think about it. <laughs> I'm going to go with the restorative. Yeah. I've been missing them lately. Um, <laughs> yeah, their food is amazing. And it, I don't think there's anything else like it in this area. Yeah, the restorative mm-hmm. and they're very in Dunedin. Mm-hmm, right yep. off of Patricia. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, very unique, unique spot. You're right. I don't think there's anything else. The other, what reminds me of them is, maybe not to that scale, is um, the little, I think it's the little lamb. Oh, yes. We did try Harbor. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's good too. Yeah. Yeah. That's heard of these places. This it's off good. of 582, right? Or no, is it no, off of Enterprise? McMull- yeah, McMullen. Oh, yeah. Enterprise and McMullen. Yeah. Yep. They right are there. good. Yeah. I'm going to have to jump on the restaurant. <laughs> I'm going to say CC Riders. They have been around for a really long time. CC Riders. And they yeah. are the sweetest family who owns it and runs it as well. And their kids help with them as well. So oh, it's just always a nice experience going there. Yeah. CC Riders and right on the water and mm-hmm. Dunedin too. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, uh, thank you guys for, for joining us. If people want to learn more about you guys, how can they get a hold of you? So they can um, DM us on Instagram. It's t- 
tips to talk workshop. Okay. Um, that's probably the easiest way. Um, there are other contact information. They can go to organicspeechtherapy.com mm -hmm. and contact us through there as well. Cool. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Thank right. you guys again. Thank Thanks you. For having us. Yep. It's fun. Yeah. So I really hope you enjoyed that conversation today. Be sure to hit that follow button for Palm Harbor Local on your favorite podcast platform and download this episode as you listen in. To learn more about the life in Palm Harbor area, then follow me on Instagram. It's at Donnie.Hathaway. Have a great week and we'll talk to you soon.